This is Because I Want To, Spooky Month. Hello, and welcome to a Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is the fuck we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And welcome back. It's our last episode of Spooky Season. Yes, and by the time y'all listen to this, it will no longer be spooky season. It will be the season of thankfulness. <laughs> I know, but that's okay because as of right now, it is Halloween. For it us. is. Today is Halloween. We are both unprepared for the situation of trick-or-treaters at our house that may interrupt this. Yeah, I was very unsure because I'm in a new neighborhood I don't know if people trick-or-treat here so I got a lot of candy just in case but we'll see what happens whereas I have lived in my house for at least four years and have never actually been here on Halloween usually I leave Um, (laughs) and I did not buy candy so hopefully no one knocks on my door because they will receive nothing well when I was in my last neighborhood for three years we never had trick-or-treaters and when I lived in a couple different apartment complexes before that never had trick-or-treaters oh I will we definitely the kids there's so many kids in my neighborhood I live in a neighborhood of townhouses there will definitely be Mm. trick-or-treating I see people putting their tables out already I guess they don't want people coming up to their house yeah I don't know I saw some people set up like caution tape to make their yard look spooky Mm. I'm assuming that's what that was but I turned off all my lights and came upstairs (laughs) (laughs) so I was thinking that kids don't trick-or-treat anymore but maybe they just do in certain neighborhoods yeah I think they go because I know even when I was younger I lived in a neighborhood but we went to the neighborhood behind us to trick-or-treat because there were more houses Yeah, we definitely trick-or-treated when we grew up, but I just don't know, especially with, like, COVID now, if people are going to, like, strangers' houses and shit. (laughs) I wouldn't take my kids, but, you know, people make their choices. So if there's, like, constant doorbell ringing and dogs barking, you know, sorry. Is what it is. It's part of the spooky month. (laughs) True. The culmination of spooky month. So how goes it? We haven't, we skipped last week because I say skipped, we just couldn't do it because I was too fucking busy, but (laughs) we missed a week. How you doing? I'm doing good. And I was, I mean, I feel like for how long we've been doing this to only skip one week is pretty good. But my big news, which you already know, is that I have a job. (laughs) It's so exciting. Tell everyone what you're going to be doing. So I'm going to be, my title is Learning Resource Specialist at All right. like a, it's like a company that runs a couple like trade colleges. So like, you know, dental assistant and surgical technician and stuff like that. Noise. Noise. I have to burp. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. But I'm having like major... <laughs> There we go. <laughs> now we can all relax. <laughs> it had to exit. I'm just like having major imposter syndrome where I'm like, can I do all the things that I told them I can do? 
I don't know. Oh, I know. I feel that way all the time, and then I, like, remember that, like, the majority of people are fucking idiots, uh-huh. and you're not a fucking idiot, so, <laughs> yes, you, you will be fine. I hope not. I mean, I hope so. I hope I'm not an idiot, and I hope so that I'm fine, but I have to, like, be the administrator for this, like, learning management system, and I told the school's president that I've not done it before, and she's like... Oh, it's fine. I learned it in a couple weeks, so. Yeah, no, I am positive you'll be able to figure it out. Like, I don't think it's that complicated. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like anytime you start a new job, especially when I was teaching, I felt like I was pretending to be a teacher for like two and a half years. Oh, I still feel like I'm pretending to be a teacher. (laughs) People like ask my advice. I'm like, I don't know. You say that like what I'm doing is good. I don't know. (laughs) Show up. Say some stuff. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Well, what's new with you? What is new with me? Uh, We're back at school. Hybrid. I don't know if we've... Have we had a podcast since I went back to work hybrid? I don't think we have. You were just about to the last time we did this. Yeah, so it sucks. (laughs) I don't want to, like, lambast it too bad just in case, you know, somebody from work listens to this and is, like, horrified with me. Uh But um, it's not great. It's, I will, it's not great. Not great for anyone. I don't think it's good for anyone. Well, yeah, because you have kids who are getting sick already. It's great. And you've been back for two weeks, right? uh And, like, the kids, yeah. And the kids getting sick is, like, not being publicized. Like, I have no idea what's going on in the other schools, if it's happening there. Like, Mm. parents aren't notified about it if it happens. Like, it's super... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's this feeling of shame, almost, where people don't want to get tested or... I don't know, be contribute to the numbers or like you don't want to be that kid who has it and everyone else has to quarantine because of you. Yeah, but also like don't send your kid to like school with any sort of symptom. Like I was really proud of a bunch of my students because a lot of them weren't there yesterday. And I was like, where are you? Because they were online. And I was like, why aren't you here? And they're like, I didn't feel good. I didn't want to, you know, risk it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, cool. I I wish I had that option. I know. Well, I guess I was wondering for you, like you, it's hybrid and kids can opt out of going to school in person, right? Mm-hmm. So when you are teaching in person, are you also streaming for the online kids? Sure am. Really? Yep. Wow. Oof. I don't know how effectively I'm streaming for the live kids but i'm streaming i'm there the problem is it takes kids in person about half the time to do something as it takes the kids at home because the kids in person have everything in front of them whereas the kids at home have to go like locate Uh the things open the things they have to click back and forth between things yeah and i can't just like in the classroom the kids just stare at me while we wait for everyone at home to finish and so i have to go too fast for the kids at home and then i'm like feel awful because i'm just like go back and look at the slides i'll post them because that's all i can do now is just slides yeah can't do anything fun if you think your kid's getting a quality education in hybrid they're not 
that's the part that I didn't think about before is that you can't in person do any like group work, anything that's like collaborative, anything that's interactive. It's just you like lecturing. Yep. And I don't know if you've ever tried to teach (laughs) primary U.S. history sources to 14 year olds without being able to work collaboratively. But uh, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Although we read the Constitution this week, and it wasn't too bad. I'll give them that. How many kids do you have in person in each class, would you say? My largest is like 16, and my smallest is like three. Three? Wow. Oh, yeah, those are some riveting classes <laughs> where oh. everyone just stares at me <laughs> and like, oh, please raise your hand, and they won't. Yeah, I remember like having – you have like your classes – like in the before times that were like out of control and rambunctious and they have their challenges. But then you also have your classes where everyone is quiet. No one wants to talk. And I think in some ways those are more difficult. Oh, that's worse. I would rather you be kind of annoying. Like I have one class, they're kind of annoying, but they also are like freakishly well-informed about current events and ask really good questions. So like, yeah, you're calling out and yeah, it does drive me up a wall but you are engaged and you're talking and we're having a good conversation mm-hmm. about presidential power. Like it's fine. <laughs> Even if like I've had classes where they're not engaged and they're just like doing whatever, but still the energy is more tolerable than a class mm-hmm. of like <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> oh my God. Like I told you, I was literally yelling into the void. Like, am I conducting a seance? Like, are you here? Give me a sign. Let me know I'm not alone and nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Painful. Because then it's like, it sucks your energy. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's stressing me out less than it's stressing other people out. Because I've kind of accepted that, like, it's just not going to be good. Like, I can do my best, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I know in the end of the day, it's just, it's not going to be good. And I think some people are struggling with that. But, like, I refuse to work until 10 p.m. every day, like some people are doing. I can't do that. I have to leave and be done. Yeah, you're already doing enough. You're doing more. Obviously, teachers always do more than their job description. But especially now, you you have to have a boundary somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, that's occurring. I think it's probably going to occur for the rest of the school year. (laughs) Like, I don't see it going away. Until, like, we get a vaccine and everyone takes it. You know what's freaking me out, though, is, like, it seems like even if there is a vaccine, it's going to be, like, a flu shot. Like, you're going to have to get it every year. Okay. I tried to go get my flu shot today. I went to a CVS, and it says, like, flu shot free with most insurances. And Mm -hmm. my husband's a doctor, so you would think, like, our insurance would be okay. But we went and they're like, sorry, but you have to go to the Department of Health to get your flu vaccine, which is only open Monday through Friday during business hours. That's super bizarre. What health insurance do you have? I, I mean, I don't remember what the company is, but you would think, I mean, if they want people to get flu vaccines, it should be easy and, like... If you work, like, during the week, like, how are you supposed to do it? I feel like that's, like, your situation is, like, the perennial 
discussion of healthcare in America. Like, oh my God. you don't want people to be sick, but will you just give people flu shots for free? No. You no, you will not. You should have heard Brock. Like, he's Canadian, so he's always aggravated with our system here. And he was just like, I, you know, this is ridiculous. And if COVID's the same way, you should make it easy and available and free everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're that concerned, maybe, I don't know, do something about it. So lucky. I could have gotten a free one at work, but I missed my appointment because it was on a Wednesday and I don't go to work on Wednesdays. So. Yeah, I got it last year just because someone came to the library and they're giving them there. But I'm lucky my new job doesn't start until Wednesday so I can try to get it on Tuesday because otherwise, I mean, I don't I'm not allowed to have a day off for three months. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, no, I'll get mine at Target. Target will give you a $5 gift card if you get it there. But I assume it still has to be covered by your insurance. Probably. It's like the only positive about being a teacher is we have really good health insurance. Yeah. That's about it. That's about it. That's what I get. So, yeah. Definitely everyone get your flu shot if you can. Yeah. Careful at Thanksgiving. Don't go to like huge things like we're trying to figure out friendsgiving and like it needs to be outside so we're like trying to figure out how to do that i know i was thinking i was gonna try to come home for maryland for christmas and usually i would try to come see all you guys but i don't know if i can do that this year you can come just see me it's fine (laughs) yeah that's what i figure like normally we would all get together somewhere but yeah i don't know you know what we need to start doing is so next year over the summer, of course, I'm going to come visit you because new place to visit. You got to start planning our pioneer woman. <laughs> so I live like kind of close to Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman. <laughs> Yo, you live in the town where she's from. <laughs> so Bartlesville, Oklahoma. We have Reed Drummond. We have the Dalton gang bank robbery story i guess happened here i don't know that's a thing well there you go well i want to go to her hotel i want to go to her restaurant i want to visit her store the mercantile (laughs) i want to drive by her farm all creepy like and just look at its majesty can you stay at her farm you know, she has like a guest house. You know a lot more about her than I do. I have no idea. Yo, she's <laughs> living my fucking ideal life. Like every time. And she's so cool too. Like I follow her on Instagram and she's the coolest. And she has so many dogs. And like her husband's like a genuine fucking cowboy. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I so remember jealous. like looking at her blog before she really got big on the Food Network. Oh, yeah. And now she has in the day. lines in Walmart, which her stuff is, like, really cute. Oh, I have a bunch of her shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll do that. We'll do, like, maybe a Route 66, like, road trip kind of thing. Yeah. I want to visit, like, a Native American museum. There's a lot out here. Like, there are some really cool-sounding ones. Like, I saw, I was looking up, there's, like, a Cherokee, like, prison museum. Oh, that's cool. Which I don't know too yeah, much I don't, about it, but look cool. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to go to a reservation, but I also feel like that's disrespectful. So I don't know that I want to do that. But yeah, I don't know how that works. Um, there's uh, like a museum out here. 
where there's like buffalo and they have a lot of like native american like art and stuff like that i love that shit history yeah i love that shit ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, and oklahoma was cool because oklahoma was indian territory for like a really long time like specified that way yeah we'll definitely hopefully stuff like opens i mean it's pretty open now like Oklahoma isn't like Maryland where everything's closed and everyone wears masks. But hopefully, you know, by next summer, I, you know, we feel more comfortable going out doing stuff, you know. God, I hope so. Should we begin our topics? Let's. Yeah. How many things do you have to talk about? One. I just have one. I just have one. I have two but the second one the more I looked into it the more the less it became spooky and the more it became sad so I don't know how much I really want to talk about that one (laughs) all right well hit me with your other one okay since I have more than one I guess I'll go first have you heard of Cotard's delusion no or its other name walking corpse syndrome wait is this the thing that happens in Haiti? It might like, be. Where, like, people, like, are essentially, like, zombies? It might be related. Um, I've, like, kind of heard about Haitian zombies before, but it might be kind of different. I don't really know. Well, hit me with it. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So, walking corpse syndrome is a mental disorder where you think you are either dead you don't exist, you're rotting, or you're missing blood or organs. Ew, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> can you imagine if you thought you were rotting? I know. Oh, I can just, I can visualize having that hallucination and losing my mind. Because if I looked down and thought like my arm was rotting off, I would never get over that. Ever. I know. It's so, it's such a mind fuck to think about, but... It's really rare, but these are people who they think that it's like a part of your brain where your neurons are misfiring or you have lesions or atrophy or brain tumor or something in the part of your brain that recognizes faces and emotions. Lovely. Oh, and I should probably preface this. We didn't tell each other what we're talking about this week. <laughs> I forgot. We forgot that. We were calling this like grab bag spooky. So. Oh, just, right, right. We, we didn't introduce that. We just kind of started. We just wanted to do random stuff we thought was like spooky or creepy or scary or weird. So anyway, continue okay. with your brain disorder. So there's like something funky going on with the part of your brain that recognizes faces. So just imagine that you look into a mirror and the face you see is not your own it's like a stranger's face oh that's kind of like the one where you can't some people have where they can't recognize other people's faces yes like they're just like there's no connection there that freaks me out i read about the brain is weird it's in the same they're related so that is called cap cross delusion so when that's where you look at other people and you don't recognize their faces. So, like, if I yeah. looked at you and I was like, oh, hey, it's Lindsay. And I my face looked like a stranger's face. You don't recognize me. And you're like, no, that's not you. 
So it's impossible. It's you think people are imposters. There's an episode of Criminal Minds about that. Oh, really? There's an episode of Criminal Minds about everything we talk about. Yeah, I watched it recently, which <laughs> made me think of it. So I think it's like similar. They're related. It's like similar areas of the brain. But you get this like disassociation between what you see and what you think is real. So with this, you get disassociated from yourself. So you don't recognize yourself. So you think that you're either not real or you're a walking corpse. That'd be a really weird like thinking you're not real. Like, would you think you're like dreaming or that? So, mm -hmm. okay, I have a couple like things to read you from people who experience this. (laughs) Yes, I love a good primary source. (laughs) Hit me. So, by the way, all my information I got from Wikipedia and Healthline. Um, Okay, but there was this dude. And according to Wikipedia, it says the patient's symptoms occurred in the context of more general feelings of unreality and of being dead. In January 1990, after his discharge from a hospital in Edinburgh, his mother took him to South Africa. He was convinced that he had been taken to hell, which was confirmed by the heat, and that he had died of sepsis which had been a risk early in his recovery or perhaps from AIDS or from an overdose of a yellow fever injection. He thought he had borrowed his mother's spirit to show him around hell and that she was asleep in Scotland. (sighs) Yeah. So this guy, he got brain damage from something and he was discharged from the hospital. And then he started having these delusions of being dead and being in hell. I just, like, I would like to think I'd be a person who could be like, I'm hallucinating. I don't think I am. I think I would be 100% taken in by a hallucination like that. Well, and like I said, these people, there's something literally wrong in their brain. So it's the way you're perceiving things is wrong. Brains are so weird. Like, why do they fuck us over like that? I don't know. But can (laughs) the part of that that also made me kind of think was like, He's in the world, and he's like, this is hell. Like, why would you think the world's just hell? This is where we are. Because it is. It is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Like, I don't know. If I thought hell was real, I wouldn't. I don't think it's like a fiery pit. I think it's like whatever you find distasteful, just like over and over and over. And I don't know. Maybe that guy found South Africa really distasteful. What year was this? That was in 1990. Okay. Like, wasn't apartheid still a thing? That's a good point. Eh, it probably sucked there. <laughs> South Africa is a very problematic place. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it was hell. <laughs> it's a good thing you were not his mother to, like, talk some sense back into him. Because you'd be like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> this is hell. <laughs> We've arrived. Let me show you around, son. (laughs) Okay, I have another little anecdote to tell you, too. This is from the NIH. It's a case report of Cotard syndrome. And it says, 
Miss L was a 53-year-old Filipino woman, and she was admitted to a psychiatric unit when her family called 911 because the patient was complaining that she was dead, smelled like rotting flesh, and wanted to be taken to a morgue so she could be with dead people. No. Can you imagine? You'd be like, no, I'm dead. Can you see me (laughs) rotting away? And I know no. I'm laughing, but it's because it's so, like, uncomfortable and awful to imagine. It's just so awful. Like, I just have this vision of looking in the mirror and not recognizing myself and just seeing rotting flesh everywhere. And then not connecting that my ability to tell someone, yo, I'm dead, take me to the morgue is weird. I know. Like, can you imagine this happening to someone in your family and they're like, I'm dead. And the other thing is people with this condition, they think they're dead. So they stop you know, taking care of their hygiene and taking care of themselves. And they, like, get isolated even more from, like, society. And then you're really going to smell like death. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, her family <coughs> took her Excuse into the me. hospital. <laughs> Sorry, and... I'm drinking kombucha. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Makes me burp. So, upon interview in the hospital, the patient expressed fear that paramedics were trying to burn down the house where she was living with her cousin and brother. She also admitted to hopelessness, low energy, decreased appetite, and somnolence, which means you can't really wake up when you're asleep. Um, she was isolative, spending much time in bed, and neglecting her personal hygiene and grooming. And it says that eventually um, her family like went to court and they won the right to treat her against her wishes because she obviously like, you know, couldn't make her own medical decisions. Damn. The brain, oh God, just some fucked up shit your brain can do. The thing about this is it seems like there are a lot of similarities to like schizophrenia because you have deal derealization. And there's a really strong tie to, like, psychosis and depression. I used to be, this is a really weird fear, but I used to be convinced that I was going to develop schizophrenia later in life. It's scary. Like, it was like a real fear of mine. I was like, no, I think think I'm going to have it. Because you don't really show it seriously until you're, like, in your 20s. Yep. I was convinced. Well, but here I am, <laughs> still, 33 and schizophrenia-free. Still lucid. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm going to get a sticker. You 33 know, and still lucid. Everything else is going wrong. You're still lucid. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing about this syndrome is that it seems like, for the most part, it's treatable. Like, the lady and that guy I told you about before who went to South Africa they went on like antidepressants and antipsychotic medications and their symptoms cleared up so if you treat it like That's it's good. depression like if you treat the depression it seems like it tends to go away well that's good I'm glad it's not like permanent yeah and I was reading about you know electric ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Where they Mm -hmm. put the like things on your head and they shock you. That that can be really effective too, which I knew for like really bad depression, that's effective. Mm -hmm. 
resets your brain. Yeah, which like when you see it in um, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and everything, it's like there's a really bad um, stigma with it. But apparently for really debilitating depression, like ECT is sometimes the only thing that really treats it. I feel I feel like that makes sense to a point. Yeah, because I guess if you're, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's just something in your brain, like the it's mis, like the wires are crossed or your neurons are misfiring. Mm-hmm. I will say, I hear the trick or treaters. It has started. So if someone <laughs> rings my doorbell and my dogs flip out, I'm sorry, but I can hear them. It has begun. Um, I think that was most of what I had about that. There was another. This is like a really rare syndrome, but there was another patient who was called like Madam X and she was convinced that she was already dead and she didn't need to eat. And then she eventually like starved to death because of it. Or there will be people with it who are like, I'm already dead. And in order to prove it, they'll like kill themselves. Oh, that's sad. Or, that makes me sad. Or to just, like, escape it. They'll just... Because can you imagine just feeling, like, dissociated from everything? And you think no. you're in hell. <laughs> or just South Africa. Or South yeah. Africa. During a, during apartheid. <laughs> A.K.A. hell. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's pretty nice there now, for the most part. You might find this interesting. So Brock and I have started reading this book. I haven't gone very far into it, but it's called, I think it's called Guns, Germs, and Steel, and it's not. Oh, I have that book. Have you yeah. read it? I've read parts of it. I've never like read it straight through. So we're reading it, and it's supposed for like you guys listening. It's supposed to be about basically why did certain parts of the world get so powerful, and why did other parts not? Like, mm-hmm. why did certain areas develop, like, guns, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. There's another book, um, Homo Sapiens, which, like, investigates a similar theme. Hmm. Yeah. I also have a history book that <laughs> follows the history of the world through the development of alcohol. Ooh, that would be really interesting. Yeah, it's called Drink. I haven't read it. But I like looking at the history of the world through, like, a specific lens, if you will. Uh-huh. So nobody steal this because one day I will actually write this. But I'm really interested. This is so, God, that's so nerdy. In the development of history in relation to the grains developed in each region and how yeah. those grains limited civilization in certain areas because they took so long to cultivate versus other areas. I think that sounds fascinating. Right? Like, I know that maize on this side of the world took a really long time to cultivate to a point that it could support a really large population. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously people arrived at this side of the world later. But, like, civilization for a while over here kind of stagnated mm-hmm. when it exploded everywhere else. Because everywhere else had things like wheat and yeah. rice. Like, rice got to a point of, like, high cultivation really early. Well, yeah, and Brock was telling me, he's farther in the book than I am, but he was telling me about how in the Americas, A, they just had corn, which I guess back then was really small. 
mm-hmm. and they only had as far as like domestic animals that could be domesticated like dogs and I think mm-hmm. something else so it's just yeah you know. I went so we went I went to the Shenandoah Valley last weekend and fell down a Wikipedia hole reading about like indigenous species of different mm-hmm. areas and like yeah they're really on the side of the world wasn't that much like as far as like indigenous animals in South America that you could like domesticate there's like llamas there's mm-hmm. alpacas there's guinea pigs and like a couple other things and that's like it which you can't like how can you imagine getting a bunch of guinea pigs to like pull your plow to like farm your two inch maize like no you eat them you farm them and you eat them like bunnies that's true yeah but yeah we just that's one day i'll write that paper yeah, so maybe as I read more of this book, I'll talk to you about it because it seems like an interesting premise of like why, basically like why white people co- like were such assholes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I always ask a question too of like, do we personally just think white people like completely conquered the world because that's what we learn about? Yeah. Like because we just like don't learn about a lot of other, like I remember not really learning about how like japan like raped the world at one point yeah. like just, yeah and i didn't i feel like i didn't really learn about that or Absolutely. i wasn't paying attention when i did no we didn't an learn option. any of that we just we spend so much time learning about the civil war that when i <laughs> realized if- other countries don't know about our civil war i was just like shocked <laughs> i am so unpopular <laughs> out of all the u.s history teachers in my district because i fucking hate the civil war i hate teaching it i like don't teach the battles i'm like here you go kids let's spend one day doing a round table about these battles then we're never talking about them again because i don't care and it doesn't matter i mean i get that because i mean i remember learning that we spent so much time learning about like the Rev- American Revolution, and when I realized that in England they don't really cover that at all, because if you're in England, how many countries have had wars against you? Like all yeah, of them. I tell the kids <laughs> that we had that conversation this year, where I was like talking about historical relevance and context, and I was like, we talk about this because it really affected us, and it's really important for yeah. you know the movement of our country. I was like, in England. Do you think they teach kids about this, if at all, or no. just a little bit? And the kids were like, probably not. And I was like, no. Because for England, this was just like, well, we'll go colonize elsewhere. Hey, Australia. Like, <laughs> yeah, they they were everywhere. So, oh, my gosh. It's just like, yeah, it's important, I think, to, like, read stuff that's beyond just an American, like, viewpoint. <laughs> Agreed. But anyway, now that I've gotten us severely off topic... So yeah, that's Cotard's delusion, walking corpse syndrome. It's horrifying, but it seems like you can at least get treated. So there's the upside. Woo-woo, not permanent. But scary, <laughs> scary for sure. And it's not the Haitian zombie thing I was thinking about. So we should talk about that another time. Okay. All right. What do you got? Anyway, are you ready? I took so many notes for this. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about demonic possession and exorcism. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> woo woo! Woo woo! 
position. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> exorcisms are essentially when you are evicting a demon or another spiritual entity, because in some religions it's not a demon, um, from a person or an area. doesn't necessarily have to be from here old human. Um, and it seems like, anyway, that it's pretty much in most major religions, there's some kind of exorcism, um, and that historically they happened really frequently, at least in America, up until the 1800s, and then they kind of died off. And then in the 60s and 70s, with popular media, they came back mm. like 50% more than they'd been present before. So I'm going to go over oh. like exorcisms in different religions and then we'll talk about some like famous exorcisms i even have some quotes from the bible that i <laughs> called my mom to tell me where to look <laughs> oh my god really yeah she was real excited she also knew these oh. verses off the top of her fucking head she was like look here look in matthew look in luke and i was like okay so That's i have them cool. marked here in my trusty dusty study bible because i do have I one of those yeah, I kind of feel like your mom would be an expert about that kind of, if you want a biblical reference, yeah, she's the person yeah. to ask. She, did, she didn't enjoy my commentary on these selected <laughs> passages. I was going to say, she, does she know what you're doing with her information? Like, <laughs> but she, she did direct me to them, so there's that. Okay, so let's talk about other religions, and then we'll segue back to Catholicism and Christianity. So I read all this stuff is from Wikipedia, all of it, unless I'm reading from the Bible. It's all from Wikipedia. Um, and let's see. So Buddhism, uh, Buddhism was interesting because I was like, in Buddhism, do they believe in like spirits and shit? But I guess they do or like ghosts or something. Um, but they have a ritualistic day of exorcism in Tibet. And it's the 29th day on the 12th Tibetan month. And it seemed like it was more ceremonial. Like, it's, like, exercising areas, not people. Um, and, like, you, like, exercise your house of bad things. So I don't Wait. think this one is necessarily demons and shit. I think it's Do exercising they... negativity and shit like that. You said it was, like, the 12th month. Do they have 12 months like we do? So is this their, like, New Year's Eve kind of thing? I don't know. It just said the 12th Tibetan month. Yeah, I don't know if they follow like a different calendar. Never thought about I that. I didn't let my I didn't let myself go down the uh Wikipedia yeah. hole too far cuz man, I could have just with the Hinduism references alone. Okay. So, Continue. But yeah. So they do have some aspect of that. Um and then let's see. <laughs> so many notes. Um so Hinduism. I don't know if you've ever read about Hinduism. I took a religion class in college. I found Hinduism so confusing. I still don't really understand how it works. I know it's polytheistic. I know a lot of their gods look like animals. I know who Ganesh uh -huh. is, but it's, it's all very confusing. Uh, so in Hinduism, I guess they're kind of like the the kings of exorcisms, if you will. Like I know Catholic exorcisms are the most popularized, but it seems like Hinduism is where it all got its because hinduism i think is the oldest of all of these hinduism and judaism i think are the oldest um but anyway so in one of the vedas which are the holy books of hinduism um basically it talks about what you do 
and it's a lot of mantras and yajnas that you have to chant. And it seemed like it's not really about chanting out a spirit or a demon. It's more like spirits or ghosts or things like that. Um, And it seemed it was very much, you have these like prescribed chants that you do. It didn't seem like you needed to get a specific person or anything to do it. Mm. Um, And then I stopped understanding what it was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I read that part on Wikipedia like six times and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. We love (laughs) honesty. So um, I could be very wrong about that. I really got confused and didn't understand. But my favorite of all of these, mm, I have two favorites, Judaism. Uh-huh. Oh, so fun. Because I can imagine this one in my head in a movie and it would be great. I didn't realize okay. that like Judaism had like possession beliefs. Yeah. Okay. So you need, and it might just be in certain parts of like uh-huh. sex of Judaism. I don't know if it's like a full-fledged thing. But basically, you need a rabbi who is well-versed in Kabbalah, like a master of Kabbalah. And then you get that person, and you get ten men, or it's called a minyan, and they surround the person who's being exercised. And then, do you know what a shafar is? No. Shafar is like that horn, that ceremonial horn. That, okay. So again, (laughs) this is me being a religion nerd, but it's it's like a ceremonial horn you blow. Okay. And so they chant Psalm 91 and then they blow this horn at these like specific pitches and it's supposed to shatter the body and basically like blow the spirit out of it. Can you just imagine that in a movie? I think it'd be so good. God. Why wasn't that in The Exorcist? I don't know, dude. We'll talk about that. But shatter the body i just like that phrase are you gonna say what Uh, psalm 91 is is that one of your things i can i can read us psalm 91 read me a psalm (laughs) hang on let me look in my bible psalm 91 (laughs) 10 14 hang on because my bible is not organized in new testament old testament i have a historical bible so it's in chronological order instead what yeah, isn't that cool? I didn't know that was a thing you could get. This is how my mom tries to get me to read the Bible. She buys <laughs> things that are cool like this and gives them to me. That is kind of cool. Knows, and then she knows I'll look at it because it's cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, so Psalm 91 is... Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, nor disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. 
You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, said the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's kind of nice. Yeah, the Psalms are nice. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine how if you think you're possessed, that would be comforting. Yeah, and I like that it's not like, I cast you out, demon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So very, very different. Um, Not like the other, the exorcism examples from the Bible I'm going to read you, which are fun, by the way. And I figured out where a phrase in a movie came from when I was reading it. But anyway, that's Judaism. And then the other one besides Christianity is Taoism, which is a Chinese religion. Um, And I liked this one because it was like, this isn't a huge thing in Taoism. Like, it's not like a big sacrament kind of sacramental thing like it is in other religions. Um, And there are two reasons you would be possessed. A, you pissed off a ghost and it wants revenge. (laughs) Or B, you pissed off somebody else and they black magicked you and put a ghost in you. Um, Yeah. And so basically you like chant and there's specific physical movements and praying that you do to get it out. Um, But it said it really wasn't as intense a thing as it is in other religions. Um, So yeah. And I know in, I didn't look this up. But I've watched enough Korean dramas to know that in, like, traditional Korean, like, because like, they had, like, shamanism, uh-huh. um, that they were, like, big on, like, shamans being possessed by the dead. That's how they would, like, tell the future and stuff is by being possessed by the dead. So I imagine this would be, like, an impossible thing to have an answer to. But I'm just curious about, like if there's any information about how successful like any exorcisms are you know so we're gonna talk about that yeah some of my examples um so they do do exorcisms in mormonism but they don't record them which i thought was interesting like it's not like church record Uh, so they don't really know how much they do them and you have to be pretty high in their priesthood to do one Um, And they didn't have a lot of information about how they do them, because, again, they're not recorded. Um, But it seems like much less of a popular thing to do than in Catholicism. Uh Really, exorcisms are the bread and butter of what we in modern culture know about exorcisms (laughs) are. Very Catholic. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So let's talk about exorcisms in Christianity and Catholicism. So there are a couple examples in El Bibel about exorcisms. What is that? And El, El Bibel. The, Bi- the Bible. Oh. <laughs> <Just being sad>. <laughs> <laughs> the Bibel. The Bibel. I was like, what ancient text is that? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just the old Bible. <laughs> okay. So this is the same story. And I realized it's the same story because again my bible is chronological so it has the same story all on the same page just told the three separate times it occurs in the bible okay Um, so So before you go on so it'll have like the same story but like luke matthew and john but like all Mm -hmm. one after the other Mm -hmm. because it happened at the same time so like when you read this is it like you read it and you're like, oh, they're all so different or it's just like, I, 
I was reading it and I was like, oh, this is the same story. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm kind of curious about this Bible your mom got you. Not going to lie. I know. So this is how Jesus restores. So it's like in Matthew, it's the two demon possessed man. But in Mark and Luke, it's just a possessed man. But he does the same thing in all of them to get the demon out. um, And it's in the same place. So I'm going to read the one where the demon has a name. You might recognize the name because I was like, oh, that's a movie. Um, So, okay. So Jesus, I don't know who he's with in this situation. He's with somebody because it says we. I don't know. He's with a friend. (laughs) So. He's with a friend. (laughs) He's with his buddy. Okay. So they went across the lake to the region of the Gesserinese. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Mm. Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. This is my favorite part, what he does to get rid of the spirit. My mom didn't think this was funny. I thought this was funny. (laughs) (laughs) A large... (laughs) A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. (laughs) The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go out into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all people were amazed. Okay, can I say, we talked about how... I've been watching um, The Haunting of Blind Manor on Netflix, and that pig part is referenced in the show. Hey! Because they talk about being possessed and stuff, so that was interesting. Yeah, so I'm assuming that the demons want to go into the pigs, because in Judaism, pigs are, like, unclean. Oh... So I'm assuming that's why the demons wanted to go in the pigs. But I don't know. I told I was like <laughs> I was like, so we just gotta do some needless pig murder? Like, come on. It's Jesus. So, you can't just send them away. So like the demons went into the pigs and then the pigs drowned themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Was it like the demons were drowning themselves? Or like you think the pigs 
were drowning because they were in with the demons and the pigs were like fuck this i don't know it's unclear my mom hmm. said the importance of this passage is not that but that they he recognizes jesus as the son of god and i was like well pig murder that's all i'm saying <laughs> but you're like wait what about the pigs like what why yeah. did that happen <laughs> seriously like that's really because in this other <clears throat> instance <laughs> it goes a little differently okay so this is from matthew and it's also in mark and it's also in luke so this isn't the pig situation this is a different situation no this is okay. a different situation um okay which is i guess a little bit later if because it's later in this bible so not much later though okay so this is jesus heals a boy a demon possessed boy it also is jesus heals a boy possessed by an impure spirit and jesus heals a demon possessed boy so i don't think it's legion this time though but isn't that the coolest like i quote? know I, I am legion of, and we are many. It's like, ooh. <laughs> I kind of love that because, yeah, the implication is that there's an army, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. I read A that plus and I was like, entertainment. ooh. <laughs> Good job. That, so he's only called legion in um, two of them. One of them, he doesn't have a name. Good writing. That's a good plot yeah, twist. Right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they know what they're doing. All right. <laughs> this is, I'll read the one from Matthew. Um, so this is Matthew seventeen fourteen through 23. Okay. When they, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. This is where I told my mom that this boy probably had epilepsy, but she also did not enjoy that. <laughs> anyway. He often falls into the fire, into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. (laughs) How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. So no pigs this time. You just, you know, get out and it pieces out. Then why do the um, whole pig thing before? Exactly. Why <laughs> needless pig murder? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Mm. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say Mm. to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So I'm sure my mother would tell me that that's a lesson about faith. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a lesson in inconsistencies. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely heard that mustard seed mountain thing before. Like that's a common thing, I think, in Christianity. Well, now you know where it's from. The story of the demon-possessed boy. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of the basis of all this shit. Um, And in Christianity, basically, we think possession is like demons chilling Uh in somebody's body. Um, And the thing that I thought was interesting is it, like, makes a point to say that if you're possessed, that it's not the person being possessed, like, fault nor are they like complicit in what's happening like it's not Mm -hmm. like a permission thing it's a you're nothing you can do about it but they also seem to think that you're pretty self-aware when it's happening like you just can't 
do anything about it. Yeah. So basically, there's like a little bit of differences between like different parts of Christianity. I'm just going to talk mostly about Catholic. Um, But it does seem like there's a little bit of differences. But basically, you, to get a demon out, invoke God or angels or Jesus or archangels, um, etc. over and over. So something I thought was interesting is that typically you have to do it more than once for mm-hmm. it to work. Like, it's like over and over and over. Um, so all the ones I'm going to talk about today, two of them at least, they had to do it more than once to hmm. exercise whatever was in there. It's like you have to prove your faith or something. Yeah. Um, And it seems like depending on what you're doing or dealing with, it doesn't necessarily have to be a priest. But to do certain things, it does. And I know to do exorcisms in the Catholic Church, you have to have the permission of like a bishop to do it. And the person you're going to exorcise has to be evaluated by like a medical professional before Uh you can do it. Um, So it's like definitely gotten more stringent over the years like i know john paul ii who was two popes ago um he like rewrote the rules about how you do it and made it like much more difficult essentially to do one because it definitely seems like something from another time like they probably want to like cut back on how many exorcisms they're doing yeah so it's definitely i think it got like cultish for a while there because yeah. of like the exorcist and all of that stuff and so they definitely <laughs> tried to slam down a little bit on that shit so anyway um there are some different rituals and stuff you can do and basically what you're looking for to be like yeah that bastard's possessed is speaking languages either dead ones or ones they have no way of knowing um supernatural abilities knowledge of hidden or remote things or an aversion to anything holy so like not wanting to be near a crucifix or being able to walk into a church or things like that and so the guidelines for doing this were established in 1614 and then were like redone in 1999 so so for like 400 plus years there was no change yeah are you ready to learn about the exorcism of Elizabeth de Raffang? I am. Okay. Hey, I'm sure I just said her name completely wrong. <laughs> um, and I also forgot to write down where she was from. <laughs> so okay. somewhere in Europe. Um, this one <laughs> was the oldest of the ones I looked at. And also had some like date math inconsistencies in the two places that I was reading about it. It was like two separate Wikipedia articles and the dates were weird. Like, I was like, the math for the ages that you're saying she is in these things is not adding up. But anyway, so she was very young and got forced to marry this old dude. And so she ran away to a monastery. Uh, she gets forced back, has three kids. And then over time, she gets involved with this doctor named Charles Pathoy. No, Perot. Sorry. The doctor's name was Perot. Um, And basically, she starts saying that she's possessed. And she's like, I'm hearing voices. Um, I, she was like speaking languages she couldn't have known. She knew the sins of those around her. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) She was like mocking priests and all of this stuff. Uh, And so they brought in this one dude 
to exercise her. And he looked at her and, like, this situation with the doctor. I guess the doctor had been, like, hitting on her and she had kept, like, rebuffing him. And, yeah, and this guy was like, you're not possessed. This doctor's, like, giving you some medicine that's not medicine. Like, it's fucking with you. Um, And so that guy left. (laughs) And another guy comes and he does exercise her. Um, And basically... Later on, though, so they do this exorcism, and then she says that the doctor basically charmed her into possession, whatever that means. I don't know. I think he was poisoning her, because he was later hanged for witchcraft. (laughs) Sketchy. Yeah. So basically, though, like, she was fine after all of this, so either she was possessed or she was being poisoned. Um, She goes on later to found a religious order. Um, and, like, lives her life. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so that's a big question mark as to what the fuck was going on. Yes. All right, so the next one I think is maybe, like, the second most famous exorcism that people know about. And that's the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Hmm. If you've ever seen the exorcism of Emily Rose, that's yes. what it's based on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was in the 70s in West Germany. Um, She was super, 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 super religious, which probably played into this. Uh, She was a confirmed epileptic. So, like, Mm. she had epilepsy. Um, And she also was, like, super depressed. So she had a lot of mental health issues to, like, begin with. Like, she was being medicated for them for years. She'd been hospitalized before. Um, She had a lot going on. Uh, so she, for a long time, like, pretty consistently went to the doctor for her symptoms, but they just started to, like, deteriorate over time. Like, she was just getting worse and nothing was working um, to the point that she started to, like, hallucinate while praying, which I imagine would be terrifying. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I was like, Ugh. I mean, if I was, like, praying and started hallucinating, I don't know what conclusions I would draw. That's like Joan of Arc. Exactly. I think about Joan of Arc sometimes, and I'm like, girl, were you crazy? She for sure was, yeah, something going on. Yeah, so she um, just started hearing voices. She couldn't, like, touch holy objects anymore. Um, She went on some, like, religious trip, and the person she was with was like, I think she's possessed. Like, she can't go in the church. She can't do these things. Um, she reached a point where she was, like, drinking her own urine and eating, like, insects. Like, she just, like, lost her shit, essentially. Wait, how old was she? She was, so I think she died when she was in her, like, early 20s. Oh, my God. So she was, yeah, she was not old at all. Um, so she was on a fuck ton of drugs. Like, they kept trying different drugs. And nothing was working, um... Finally, they were, like, she and her parents were, like, convinced she was possessed. Which, again, I'm, like, at some point, like, if you're really religious, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I do. Um, So, they asked for an exorcism, and the church, like, consistently said no for a while. They were, like, no, it's, like, a mental health problem. Yeah. Um, I think they're trying to, like, not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But eventually they do get permission, and this is where it gets really sad. So they did 67 exorcism sessions over 10 months, 
which in like the process of wow. it, she stopped eating. She wouldn't do anything. That's and she like two eventually, a week. Mm-hmm. And they would be like four hours at a time. Like, oh my god. And like you get strapped down when you get exercised. Was she so, also like seeing doctors and stuff? Like, so they stopped when they started. Like, they stopped seeking medical help. Um, which probably plays into the fact that she fucking dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so she dies of malnutrition and dehydration. She had broken knees from like genuflecting so much. Huh. Um, yeah. So her parents and the priest get charged with murder. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. So it becomes this like whole thing. Um, and they're eventually found. I don't think everyone is found of it, but a lot of them are found of like manslaughter. And then basically they there's no consequences. Wouldn't take her to the doctor because wow. But like nothing happens. Like they don't serve jail time. Like mm-hmm. nothing really happens. I thought it was interesting that they said the judge. I guess at one point said that the parents' suffering had been punishment enough, which is actually apparently part of like the German penal code. Huh. That like if you've tortured yourself enough over a situation, um, yeah. But I guess I, it led to a lot of reforms about, like, exorcisms and things like that. Right. I guess if you get the Catholic Church on your side, how are you supposed to... It'd be one thing if, like, they had never gotten that, but that since they had mm-hmm. that support, how do you... I thought it was interesting that them? it was in Germany, which is not a very Catholic place. Hmm. So... So she ended up dying from mal- from dehydration, you said, and malnutrition. Mm-hmm. So have they like looked? Have people looked back on it and been like, and figured out what she may have had? Like, what was wrong with her? Um, I think like it's at this point like you just because she are like she had the confirmed mental issues, like she had right. them. So it becomes an issue of was it possession or was it just her mental illness had gotten to a point that it couldn't be treated anymore i don't know i mean mental health has come a long way this was in the 70s in west germany so and who knows like you could have like an you know your original physical mental illness and then on top of it like all this other stuff going on i don't know (laughs) and man like the thing is i you know me, like, I shit on religion endlessly, but if you started, like, convulsing and speaking to me in, like, fucking Latin, I would be concerned (laughs) that you had a bugaboo or something in you. Well, but, like, here's the thing. If you or I did it, it'd be different, because we're not believers, right? But she's, like, a devout believer, so something might just be manifesting itself that way. It did say that, that, like, a doctor or somebody after it was, like, I think it was just a combination of how fucking religious she is and yeah. her mental illness. Because, like, if I were going to go crazy, I don't think my brain would take me that direction of crazy because I don't believe in that. Like, it would take me elsewhere. Right. It's like those, you know, like, Baptist churches where people speak in tongues. Like, do you think they're actually, like channeling the holy spirit or do you think they're just getting caught up in like the atmosphere (laughs) i think it's an atmosphere thing that's like those snake charmer churches have you ever 
watched any videos about those about snake charmers churches what is that yeah oh god it's like the power of the holy spirit and like venomous snakes you should look it up what like the snakes are part of the like belief system you should you should look it up it's like an american thing what i've never heard of that yeah so they have like snakes in the church service Mm mm-hmm yep and they like what do they do they like charm it i think it's like the whole thing of like the power of the holy spirit will keep the snake from like hurting you or something like that i'm trying to remember like exactly what goes down with that shit but i just remember it reminded me of like the people who speak in tongues in church like that kind of thing my cat is staring at me so intently right now (laughs) it's creeping me out can i help you sir Anyway, ready for the last one? Yeah. The most famous one. The one that is the inspiration for The Exorcist. This is the exorcism of Robbie Mannheim or Roland Doe, neither of which are his real name. Um, so this is in the 1940s. His? Uh-huh. Oh, wasn't it a girl in the movies? It was. It was okay. a boy. there. So he was 14. He's from Maryland. Um, and basically he was fine for, you know, the beginning of his life or whatever. Um, and he had an aunt that was an occultist. Um, she showed him how to use like Ouija boards and stuff. And then when she died, weird shit started to happen. So when he would be in a room, like the furniture would shake, crap would levitate, things would move around. And only when he was near and I guess it started getting just, like, progressively worse to the point where the family, like, reached out for help. Um, so they spoke to their Lutheran pastor who it said that basically he observed the kid overnight or something like that. And he saw, like, the shit moving and oh was like, God. oh, crap. And so he was like, <laughs> you need to, which this part I thought was interesting. He was like, you need to call a Catholic priest. Like, a Lutheran pastor would be really? able to handle it. Yeah. So, like, do yeah. Lutherans believe in exorcism, too, but they just can't deal yeah. with it? Okay. I, I, I said on the Wikipedia that they do them. So, I don't know why he needed, I don't know. He was Maybe scared, because of, probably. Probably. I'd be like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, so, Howard, or Edward Hughes is um, the priest who they get in contact with. And he gets permission to do this exorcism. And whilst he's doing this exorcism, they have Roland, like, tied down to the bed. Um, And he gets a hand out and, like, gets into the mattress and, I guess, gets, like, a bed spring out of the mattress and, like, attacks him with it. um, And, like, slices his, like, arm or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so they have to stop that exorcism because he's, like, you know, injured. Um, And so they go to St. Louis and get some more priests, and they observe that, like, the bed is shaking, shit is flying around, the kid's talking in that, like, creepy guttural voice, you know, from, like, Mm -hmm. The Exorcist. Um, He has an aversion to everything sacred. They said at one point during the second exorcism that, like, words starting appearing on Roland's body, um, Mm. which is just crazy or whatever, but it was a successful exorcism, and they said that, like, when it was done, the kid was fine. 
didn't happen anymore and he like went on to live like a regular life did they say like who the demon was or like what happened to it i don't think so so it looked like there are a few like records of it from like the priests who like wrote in their diaries or whatever about it and some of them took it more seriously than others like there was one um who i think the kid like broke his nose during the exorcism um and he was saying i don't feel like skilled enough to talk about this Mm. and so but yeah i couldn't i didn't see anything about like who the demon was or anything like that but again i only looked on wikipedia so if i had looked elsewhere i might have found more details and as far as we know, like, this kid had a normal life after that. Like, it was this one instance or yeah. incident. And then, he, then he was fine. So weird. Yeah. So, like, that kind of stuff, I'm just like, I don't know. So I wonder, like, why for Roland it worked and for Annalise it didn't. Maybe Annalise wasn't really possessed. Huh. I don't know. I wonder. It's weird. Some in the okay. So Roland was in the seventies, and was like what a preteen or something. So Annalise was in the seventies. Roland was in the forties. Forty. Oh. 40s. I think it was forty-nine. If I'm remembering correctly, I think it was forty-nine. Oh, at the time. Nineteen forty-nine. Okay. So Roland's not still around. Um. I mean, he could be. He'd be really old. I mean, we don't even know who his, he is. Like, we don't know. Yeah. That's not his real name, so. Hmm. That makes me yeah. think. So it's interesting. I'm, like, looking at the Wikipedia article about it now. Because um, yeah, I wonder, I mean, you have to, like, think about your sources and, like, do they just say that he was okay? Or did he continue to have, like mental illness you know after that yeah so it seems like obviously like people who talk about it now think he just was like disturbed and that was it um like i guess there's one book that says that may that he was probably like super like bullied a lot and threw tantrums to get like attention to get out of school um and then, or some people like made stuff up, like he was just mimicking Latin words that he heard the clergyman say. He didn't actually speak Latin, um, things like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. the whole like thing being true about you know like the bed shaking and all of that. You're like, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I mean, it's obviously like it's all hearsay. Like it's a couple people saying this thing happened. Like we don't have. Mm -hmm. official records to say yes this is a thing that occurred so i don't know but i imagine that really real exorcisms you probably wouldn't hear about them because who wants to be talking about that (laughs) i was watching i forget which show it was but someone went to like a village in africa somewhere and some dude was possessed and they were trying to exercise him but it wasn't working so they just like kept trying yeah i think at like some point you have to be like maybe they're not possessed like or maybe it's possessed by something that doesn't respond to god well like 
yeah, you would think back in the day, obviously people who are like schizophrenic or if you think like dissociative identity disorder is a thing, that seems like it'd be possession too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can really cast out what's making you ill. Yeah. So that's my accounting of exorcisms. That was really interesting. It makes me want to watch, like, maybe not The Exorcist. Maybe Emily Rose. Maybe that one. The Exorcist TV show was great. I liked it a lot. Was it? Yeah, it was like two seasons. I thought it was good. Well, the end of spooky month. That wraps up our spooky season. Although I'm sure we'll still talk about weird shit, you know? Yeah, just not maybe four weeks in a row. And now for our season of gratitude. <laughs> yes. What should we talk about next week? I at some point want to talk about like real Thanksgiving, but I think we should talk about that like when Thanksgiving is closer. Okay, we can do that. But um, what should we talk about in the meantime? I don't know. Have to think about it. I don't have any ideas off the top of my head. If anybody has some suggestions, go to our Instagram and tell us. Yeah. We would love to hear them. We have more listeners. Do you want to, how many people listen to our creepypasta episode? I would love to know. 16. What? We don't know that many people. I know. I was like, wow. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. Yeah. So thanks, everybody who's listening. I hope you keep listening. There was like a spike Yay. of it on, um, spotify yesterday where clearly everyone was looking for something creepy to listen Uh to and so well on our instagram we've had like i'm starting to know other podcasts that are like really similar to ours it's like really cool i love that we have to make friends be our friend i know i've like started following them but i need to listen to them like there's one called the boovie girls i think where it's like they talk about the books versus the movies well, there you go. I was going to, so I have a pen pal. We've discussed this. Um, <laughs> I made a pen pal on TikTok. This <laughs> one does. And we've actually like written back and forth. So I guess it's like officially a pen pal situation. And I was going to tell her about the podcast in our next like letter. But then I saw one of her TikToks today and it was like from the Bible. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Just tell her. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Maybe with a disclaimer, you know. Yeah, that's like when people at work were like, you have a podcast? And I was like, I do, but I don't want you to know about it. Although my dad (laughs) asked about it today, and I think he wrote down the title. Really? So, hey, dad, if you're listening. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Snyder. (laughs) What's up? He wanted to know what platforms it was on. And I was like, it's on all of them. That's exciting. Yay. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hopefully no more skippage for a while. Yeah. I think we'll think of something good to talk about next week. Maybe not something creepy, but still fun. Ooh, I would like to talk about number stations at some point. Number stations. Oh, like those like mysterious. Yeah, I think they're interesting, but we can talk about it. (laughs) 
All right, everyone. This has been a long episode, so we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.